Welcome to the Lady Preacher Podcast, a podcast for the progressive Christian, where we talk about an all-loving God, an embodied Christ, and an ever-moving spirit. Dive right in as we wrestle with what it means to live out our faith in the world. Hi, everybody. Our scripture reading for today is from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 19 through 25. A person might have to suffer even when he has done nothing wrong. But if he thinks of God and bears the pain, this pleases God. If you are punished for doing wrong, there is no reason to praise you for bearing punishment. But if you suffer for doing good and you are patient, then that pleases God. That is what you were called to do. Christ suffered for you. He gave you an example to follow, so you should do as he did. He did no sin. He never lied. People insulted Christ, but he did not insult them in return. Christ suffered, but he did not threaten. He let God take care of him. God is the one who judges rightly. Christ carried our sins in his body on the cross. He did this so that we would stop living for sin and start living for what is right. And we are healed because of his wounds. You were like sheep that went the wrong way. But now you have come back to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. I invite you to pray with me. Gracious and holy God, you are our shepherd and our guide. You walk us through difficult paths. You lead us beside still waters. You are with us in every moment. We ask that you open us so that we can hear your word today. Open our hearts, open our minds, and fill our well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Suffering has been on my mind a lot lately, not just because there's so much suffering in the world, but because I myself have been struggling. You know, we are all having a hard time facing the realities of our world in this moment. There are people who are dying. There are people who are so, so sick. There are people who are going to get chemo by themselves. And so I've been thinking about what it means to suffer and not just what it means, but why and not just why, but how. You know, I must have been in middle school or late elementary school when I first was handed the book, Why Do Good Bad Things Happen to Good People?, and that's always been a question on my heart. But lately, the main question is not just the why, but the how. How do we suffer? Because there have been a lot of different responses in our world right now about how we suffer, how we struggle. Some people respond in fear and lash out through violence. Some people lash out through anger. Some people lash out through anger to themselves or are not kind to themselves. Some of us spend days on the couch. And all of these are various responses to suffering. And suffering has been a hard topic for us to talk about, not just as people, but the church in particular. We've had a hard time talking about suffering. And I think throughout history, the church has done a great disservice to folks as we understand suffering, not just what it means and why, but how we approach it. 
Because for a long time, scripture was used not as a tool to free us from suffering, but as like a boot on our neck to keep us in suffering, especially those who were oppressed, who suffered at the hands of other people. I think of pastors who told women that they couldn't have communion because they had divorced their husbands or pastors who had told anyone in an abusive relationship that they needed to stay in that marriage because Christ suffered. And so you should suffer and bear your suffering just as Christ for the cross, that this is your cross to bear in your life. Or tracing it back to slavery, the Bible being used as a reason to continue slavery. It was justification for slavery. I don't know if any of you are familiar with this, but there was a particular Bible that was used by slave masters, by people on plantations in order to use the Bible as a way to justify slavery. And it's called the slave Bible. And 90% of the Old Testament was omitted. So all the stories of Moses freeing his people, every story about liberation, every story about freedom and God wanting you to welcome people and be accepting of people and be equal to seek freedom and justice and liberation for all, all of these passages were omitted, which was 90% of the Old Testament and then about half of the New Testament. So to give you an idea, in a standard Protestant Bible, there are 1,189 chapters. And in the slave Bible, there were 232. That gives you an idea of how much was taken out, how much was omitted from that. And one of the passages that remained in that Bible was from what we just heard in 1 Peter chapter 2. We picked up 1 Peter chapter 2 in verse 19, but verse 18 puts it into context for how this particular passage was used to perpetuate harm. And so I want to read that passage to you right now. This is verse 19 of 1 Peter chapter 2. Slaves, accept the authority of your masters with all deference, not only those who are kind and gentle, but also those who are harsh. Slaves, accept the authority of your masters with all deference, not only those who are kind and gentle, but also those who are harsh. In hearing that, you can understand and see how this passage was used to perpetuate harm. It's hard to interpret that particular verse in any way that feels life-giving. And it was used for a long time to perpetuate a great deal of harm. It told you to endure as Jesus endured, to welcome your suffering, that this is something that pleases God. But Jesus was all about gospel. Jesus was all about good news. And for Jesus, it wasn't good news unless it was good news for all people. And if you ask me, that passage does not feel like good news for all people. Jesus was all about liberation, freeing people from their suffering, healing people from their suffering. He was about tackling and wrestling with and breaking down all of these oppressive structures in the world. This is what he came to do and to be. And so to use this passage to perpetuate that kind of harm and that kind of oppression is not gospel. And so we can use our knowledge that Jesus was all about good news for all people to help us shed a different light and interpret this passage in a new way, in a different way. I want to read the first part of this passage again for us. A person might have to suffer even when he has done nothing wrong. But if he thinks of God and bears the pain, this pleases God. 
If you are punished for doing wrong, there is no reason to praise you for bearing punishment. But if you suffer for doing good and you are patient, then that pleases God. I think we can all pretty much agree that when you do something wrong and there are consequences to that thing that you did wrong, there's no praise to be given to you for enduring whatever those consequences are. But at the beginning, it says that some people might have to suffer even when they have done nothing wrong. But if he thinks of God and bears the pain, this pleases God. That Christ is our example in all of this. But I want to be clear because for so long, this passage was used to be said that it was our suffering that pleases God. But I don't think that's what it is. I think it's how we respond to our suffering that pleases God. Can we be like Christ and not meet our own suffering with vengeance or with violence? How do we respond when we feel scared, when we feel afraid, when we feel attacked? How do we respond in those moments? The thing of praise, if we suffer for an unknown reason, that is what deserves love. That is what deserves extra compassion and grace. Undue suffering should always, always inspire compassion. And so... For Christ, it wasn't the suffering that pleases God. What pleases God is, can we be kind still, even though we are hurting? Many of us probably know that phrase, hurt people, hurt people. And what I hear in this is God's call for us not to perpetuate cycles of violence and cycles of harm. It calls us to look at how we endure. When we are hurting, do we lash out upon others? Or can we bear it with patience and kindness and compassion? It says in verse 23, people insulted Christ, but he did not insult them in return. Christ suffered, but he did not threaten. That is the focus of this text. It is Christ calling us to act in a way that is kind and compassionate. And like I said before, that doesn't perpetuate these cycles of harm. So going back to that phrase, hurt people, hurt people, how many of us on our hard days become kind of like a bull in a china shop? We have our horns out and we're ready to go and we're angry and we're upset and we're bumping into everything and knocking things down. We wreak havoc on anything in our path, whether it's others or it's ourselves. And right now, there's a lot of bulls in china shops in our world, both on a personal level and a communal level. As I was preparing to write this sermon, there was an article in the news about store employees who were threatened because they were just following a mayor's order to ask people to wear masks inside stores. They were threatened with verbal abuse. One case, someone was threatened with a firearm. And it's people responding out of fear but they're enacting more harm out of their fear. Or we have lots of protests happening right now. And I can understand why these protests are happening. People want to go back to work. They are suffering. They are struggling. But the folks at these protests who are holding signs with Nazi slogans are perpetuating harm. They're a bull in a china shop. Or on a personal level, I know for me, on a day I was having a really hard day and I was really struggling, rather than admit that I was having a hard day, my husband and I were making dinner and we were chopping sweet potatoes and I had a total breakdown over sweet potatoes and I got really upset and yelled. And so I was a bull in a china shop. And it's not just that one time. I know many of us have had different experiences like that recently 
or maybe throughout our lives where something is going on, something rocks us deeply and taps into that place of fear or anxiety. And we become like that bowl wreaking havoc on everything in our path. I remember when I was in high school, there was one day I'd had a super, super long day and I came home and it was late. And that morning I had left a knife on the side of the kitchen sink. So rather than putting it in the dishwasher, I left it by the side of the sink. So I walk in the door and my dad calls me on it and says something about it because this was a bad habit of mine that always drove him nuts. And so he says something about it as any dad would. And I lost it started yelling. I got really upset. And rather than respond in kind and yelling back at me, my dad said, do you need a hug? And I said, yes, that is exactly what I need. And so rather than butting heads with me or rather than being like two mountain goats locking horns, my dad responded with kindness and compassion. He saw that I was having a rough day and met me with love. And so what if this is what Jesus is asking us to do, to meet our own suffering with that kind of love and compassion, to see others, the way they're acting out with love and compassion, meeting their fear with kindness. The good news of this particular text, this particular passage is that it's about not perpetuating cycles of violence and harm. It's about not being vengeful. It's about asking us to look whatever is causing our suffering in the eye and responding with love rather than vengeance, rather than hate. And I don't mean a love that makes you into a doormat and makes you just roll over and get walked all over that leaves you trampled. I mean the love that stands tall and firm with a strong back and an open heart. The kind of love that sets you free, that sets everyone free. The kind of love that says, You didn't deserve this, and I'm sorry. Jesus on the cross, this was undue suffering to the nth degree. He did not deserve to die on that cross. He did no wrong. He did not sin. And yet the violence enacted upon him was met with compassion. He said, they know not what they are doing. Forgive them. Jesus met violence with resurrection and redemption. He didn't just roll over and die. He rose again and was redeemed. God wants to free us from our suffering. God wants to end cycles of violence and vengeance. God is calling us to freedom, the freedom of justice, the freedom that comes with compassion for all people. When there is a bull in a china shop, You meet it with firm kindness and compassion, with love, with a strong back and an open heart. God is not calling us to suffer more or to continue in our suffering, but to be people of love. God is trying to help us follow Christ's example of not meeting violence with violence, but with a love so strong that it transforms and is redeemed. God's response to the human violence that killed Christ was resurrection, saying enough is enough. You cannot kill God as hard as you try. Your hate will not win. My love will always win. So when you are hurting, my friends, rather than blaming or seeking vengeance, what if you sat with your pain? What if you named it? 
and honored it rather than lashing out, rather than perpetuating harm? What if we focused on healing? And when you can't focus on healing, because sometimes when you're in the midst of trauma, you cannot focus on healing. You have to just focus on surviving. What if we then just had compassion for ourselves and others and just sought God through it all? Because God is with you in each and every moment. At the end of this passage from 1 Peter, it relates God to a shepherd, a good shepherd who watches over us, the overseer of our souls. God is your keeper and is keeping you safe. There are hardships and there is suffering, but God is with you. God's got you. When the world feels like it's falling apart or it feels like the ground has fallen out beneath your feet, God is with you. As cliche as that may sound, God's got you. In Psalm 23, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. Though I walk through the darkest valleys, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The Lord sets before me a table, even in the presence of my enemies. And I will not fear for you are with me. God is with us. On the days when we are beside those still waters or in green pastures, on the days that we are walking through the darkest valley, God is there. On the days where we feel like we are set down at a table with our enemies, God is there too. In each and every moment, God is with you as your shepherd, as your guide, doing work that even we cannot see and cannot fathom. The good news is that God will not abandon us. Even in those moments where we end up perpetuating harm, God offers us the greatest forgiveness and the promise of resurrection and redemption. My friends, may you go forward knowing that God is with you always. May you go forward with the courage and the strength to sit with your pain in the hard moments to sit with the pain of others, to have compassion, to have a love that offers you a strong back that refuses to be rolled over and killed, but gives you the strength to rise again and again and again. God is with you now and always. God will never abandon you, but is forever in your heart. Amen. My friend, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so grateful for you. Without you, this ministry would not be possible. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. The Lady Preacher podcast is part of a nonprofit called Dancing Pastor Ministries. And you can find us online at dancingpastor.org or join the community by finding us on Facebook at Dancing Pastor Ministries. If you would like to be a part of supporting this podcast, there are many ways you can do that without giving monetarily. You can share our posts on social media, send an episode to a friend, or just leave a review. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so at dancingpastor.org slash give. My friend, you are a gift. Thank you for being here and God bless.